Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Wednesday, December 18th, 2019. I am your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. Unfortunately, no Matt today. Uh, We had some scheduling type issues going on. Um, Had some work, Christmas parties, things. Just couldn't squeeze it together. But luckily, luckily... Stephen Brooks from 24-7 Sports um, was able to carve out some time in what is an incredibly busy uh, couple of days for him, uh, and he will join us in segments two and three to talk about uh, the beginning of the early signing period for football, which is today, and uh, you know answer a bunch of questions that I have about Michigan State's recruiting class. So that'll be segments two and three for today, we'll do football recruiting there, it's a big day for Michigan State and the rest of college football in that regard. Uh, In segment one, uh, Michigan State is traveling to their second home to take on Northwestern in Evanston in basketball. Uh, I'll lay out some things uh, you should know that you need to know about Northwestern, some stats, stuff like that, Uh, and then I'll talk a little bit about what I would like to see uh, from Michigan State. So that'll just be the first segment there. And then, like I said, we'll bring in Steven for segments two and three. All right, reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is the easiest way to get these episodes to your phone every single day. Okay, so <laughs> the Big Ten is nuts this year. <laughs> like, it is absolutely um, crazy what has been going on, uh, with the big 10 basketball this season. Every team in the league is one and one except for, uh, Michigan state Northwestern, because they've only played one big 10 game each Michigan state is one and oh, Northwestern is oh and one. The, um, home team has won every single game. And that's included, you know, Ohio state losing, uh, I don't even remember. Like there's been so many upsets. I don't even remember. Nebraska got Purdue, um, maybe I think it was Penn State or no Minnesota got Ohio State. Penn State got Maryland. It's been all over the place. So as much as traveling to Evanston uh, has usually been a pretty locked in victory for Michigan State. Uh, this is kind of weird. It's been a weird year in the Big Ten. So if Northwestern can win this and draw everyone's record to one and one, that'll be. Um, very frustrating, but also kind of hilarious <laughs> for a month, the entire conference until the beginning of January, we'll sit at one and one. So not a full month, but a couple weeks. Um, so hopefully Michigan state can avoid that. They're, you know, projected to win this game by nine points. According to Ken Palm, an 80% chance of victory. Northwestern is ranked 101 in the Ken Palm metrics. 153rd on offense, 73rd on defense. Uh, They play at a slow pace, uh, middle of the pack pace on offense, but really slow on the defensive end. Kind of typical uh, what you expect with Northwestern. They want to bog things down a little bit, but not uh, a crazy amount. They are 5-4 on the season and hasn't been going well. Uh, If it wasn't for Nebraska, and maybe Nebraska figured something out, if it wasn't for Nebraska's disastrous start, um, 
Northwestern would be kind of the the cream of the crop in turn. What's the opposite of the cream of the crop? The bottom of the barrel. There you go. The bottom of the barrel of the Big Ten. Um, they opened the season with a 10-point home loss to Merrimack. Uh, Merrimack has been a Division One team for like two years. Uh, then they go and beat Providence, and it's just an okay Providence team this year. Uh, not going to be a tournament team there for Providence. And then they play Radford, who is 144th in Ken Palm, who is, you know, a respectable mid-major. Nothing threatening, a respectable mid-major. Uh, and they lose that game by 11 points at home. So just a disastrous start. Uh, they beat Norfolk State Bradley to kind of, you know, Bradley's a, a solid mid-major. Um, Norfolk State's not any good. Then they get crushed by Pittsburgh uh, in the, actually that wasn't the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Uh, regardless, they get crushed by Pittsburgh, go on the road, beat Boston College, who's not any good, uh, get beat pretty handedly by Purdue, and then beat SIU Edwardsville, which is one of the worst uh, teams in the country. So some wins over a lot of bad teams and a couple of really embarrassingly bad losses. Um, you know, Northwestern, it wasn't too long ago where they were, you know, a team that could threaten you. In 2017, they make the NCAA tournament as an eight seed. You know, they were a good team that year. Uh, take a step back the next year, a little bit better in 2019, but gosh, they, they were, they were three and six in the big 10, 12 and eight overall. <laughs> and by the time they won their next game, they were four and 15 in the big 10, just a disaster streak that totally killed any tournament chance they had. And they've really kind of picked up right from there. They're not, not a very good team at all. Um, and should be, you would think a team that a lot of teams in the Big Ten are going to be picking up many victories against. You know, they could win three or four conference games this year, and it wouldn't be shocking. So that's the uh, the kind of team they are in terms of statistical profile. Uh, I want to touch on their four factors real quick. Uh, and if you don't know, four factors is just four key statistics that um, are very indicative of winning basketball games, being a good basketball team. If you're good at these four things, you're going to win a lot of games. Effective field goal percentage, turnover percentage, rebounding percentage, and free throw rate. So pretty straightforward. Uh, Northwestern, 264th on offense in effective field goal percentage, 79th in turnover percentage on offense, so they take care of the ball. Uh, Middle of the pack in offensive rebounding, 187, and then 134 in free throw rate, so they're kind of a little above average there. On the defensive side, 96th in effective field goal percentage defense, 266th in turnover percentage, so they do not force turnovers. Um, decent off, or decent rebounding, 74th in uh, offensive rebounding percentage against, and 84th in free throw rate against. So they're an okay solid team, uh, okay defensively. They're, they're solid-ish defensively, limit shooting a little bit, limit second chance points, and limit putting teams on the free throw line, which is, uh, in college basketball, just a really good way <laughs> to be an effective defense. They just can't shoot the ball at all. Uh, 284th in three-point percentage, 207th in two-point percentage. They have one person that is a respectable three-point shooter. It's Miller Cop. He shoots 40% on about four attempts a game. So a pretty good shooter there. Other than that, gosh, um, Pete Nance, 32%. Pat Spencer, 31%. Boo Booey, 17% on decent volume. He's four of 23. 
Ryan Young 0 for 4, Jared Jones 1 for 5, Anthony Gaines 5 for 16, AJ Turner 2 for 19. It's not a good shooting team. Um, so in a spot where you're trying to pull an upset against a team that's better than you, you know, we know three-point shooting can help. That's not something they do uh, particularly well. And as good a free-throw shooting team as they are, which is strange, uh, good three-point shooting team or good free-throw shooting teams generally, that will translate to three-point percentage. Like you got Bowie making 90% of his free throws, but four of 23 um, from the charity stripe or from the three-point line. Um, you know, they, they're 31st in the country in free throw percentage, but they don't get to the line enough. They're, they're 134th in free throw rate, which is slightly above average. So they're going to really struggle, I think, to score against Michigan State. Um, and they don't do anything particularly well in offense that I think threatens MSU. Maybe they get hot and hit some shots, uh, and maybe Michigan State comes out and turns the ball over a little bit, even though Northwestern doesn't force turnovers uh, and is missing shots, and this thing can stay close. But it should be a game where Michigan State, should they play well, uh, shouldn't have too much trouble. Uh, Northwestern runs a rotation of, you know, They've got their five starters. They've got A.J. Turner, who plays big minutes off the bench. Bowie plays, plays big minutes off the bench. And then Robbie Barron and Jared Jones play <clears throat> Excuse me, a little bit off the bench. It's not the deepest group. They're not huge. They've got a little size, um, but they're not overly big. <laughs> they're not great at rebounding. They're okay at rebounding, like we talked about. Um yeah, there's just not a lot that really threatens you, um, and it's it makes sense, right? They're not a very good team, but doesn't guarantee victory. Um, should Michigan State play well uh, and be able to get out of there with a, a nice win? There's some things I want to kind of see. Um, you know, I, I think eyes are going to be on Cassius Winston for a while until he shows some signs of consistent uh, improved play. And it might be a month, it might be a week, it might be this game, it, it might not happen, just with everything that's going on in his life. But just him being able to kind of manufacture uh, opportunities for himself, for teammates, like he, he still has flashed the ability to do so will be really important. And I'd really like to see him have a game where he shoots like four or six from three. Uh, he's down to 33%. This is a guy who shot 50% two years ago and almost 40% last year, who's now shooting 33%. Um, So you want to see that uh, come up. I don't think we're going to see Rocket Watts. So more Bubba, more Gabe Brown at the two, uh, sort of a two-three wing situation with him and Henry. I want to see those guys put up shots. I want to see Gabe Brown and Aaron Henry being aggressive with the ball in their hands and being the numbers two and three options. Uh, to score the ball, especially from the outside. Xavier Tillman uh, took some flack for not coming out of the gates too hot, but statistically he's really rebounded. Um, Literally and figuratively, he's rebounding the ball really well, and especially on the offensive end, I think he's doing a good job. Uh, Defensively, better than you'd think. And um, I just want to see him continue with that, dominate a game down low a little bit, work the inside-out game. Start getting the three-point shot going, getting to the free throw line, hitting free throws at a more consistent rate like he did last season. Again, he shot free throws like 81% in the Big Ten play last season. He's at 60% right now. That has to come back up to where it was last season. Um, It's really important for this team that he's able to 
pose multiple threats, uh, not just so when you're dumping it into in the post because that's not where he thrives. He's he's a move it around guy, um, moving his feet, setting screens, diving to the rim, and he needs to add that sort of pick and pop game to really add a dimension to this offense because like we've talked about, no one on this team that is a big person is both capable and willing to shoot threes right now, and it that's going to kill your spacing. Uh, I also am interested, last thing here, and we'll get to Stephen Brooks, I want to see if they run that Foster Lawyer, Cassius Winston lineup out there at all. They've been drilling it. Tom Izzo talked about how they've been practicing it more, um, trying to find ways to use Foster Lawyer's skill set, and as we've talked about on this show, it's not really working out at point guard. Got to see if we can do something with him off the ball. You need shooting. He's someone that can provide shooting, and you know, yes, he goes one of four against Oakland from three, but he gets to the free throw line four times uh, and ends up with seven points on four field goal attempts. That's efficiency. Offensive rating of 149, which is great. Had two assists and a defensive rebound uh, in 12 minutes. Like, If he hits one more three, that's 10 points. And it's like, oh, Foster Lawyer scored in double digits in just 12 minutes. Like, That's the kind of contribution he can make. And you just got to find a way to work it in and find a way that he can hang defensively. And it might result in Izzo having to adjust some things and not playing the exact style of defense that they play all the time and providing more help for Foster Lawyer and putting him on different types of people. Maybe someone who's 6'5", 6'6", but struggles to score the ball. You know, find that spot where he can sit in there on the defensive end and hang uh, where you can get the opposite end uh, of the floor where you can get the benefit of having a floor spacer like that. And we'll see if they do something similar with Connor George as well. Obviously bigger than uh, Foster, uh, can hold up against bigger guys, and can certainly provide uh, some spacing uh, <clears throat> Excuse me, on the other end of the floor uh, that Michigan State's really searching for right now. So lots of interesting things to look out for. You just kind of hope, play well, get in there, get out with a nice victory, uh, and take another step. Got Eastern, Western Michigan coming up, then Big Ten play starts. There's going to be a lot of time off here. Um, with Christmas coming up and just some gaps between games and time to work on stuff. You want to see them kind of start to hit that stride a little bit before Big Ten play gets going. All right, we'll be back with Stephen Brooks, 24-7 sports, uh, in just a second here. If you're looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to breakingtea.com slash lockdown. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around team passion, uh, teams' passionate moments. It's great for all fans. Go to breakingtea.com slash lockdown and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. All right, welcome back to Locked On Spartans. Very happy to be joined now for the first time. In, it's been a while. I don't know how long it's been, Stephen, uh, but it's been too long. Stephen Brooks, Spartans reporter for 247sports.com, back with us. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Yeah, it's been a little bit. I appreciate you having me back on. I'm, I'm sad. I wasn't sure if, if Sheehan would be on the line, too. I haven't been able to talk to him a little bit, so uh, sending my best, but yeah. For sure. Yeah, I, I'm just blaming Matt because since he came on full-time as co-host, it's been uh, expected uh, harder and more like difficult to schedule and coordinate with guests and just having guests on, so it's Matt's fault. And of course, yeah, he's not here with us right now, so we're just going to blame everything on him. Yeah, no, that works for me. That's what I was going to do anyway. Sweet. <laughs> All right, we are 
Well, actually, when this uh, airs, it's Tuesday as we record this, but when this airs, it will be officially the beginning of the early signing period. Michigan State has 20 commits right now uh, on 24-7 sports. Class is ranked 39th in the country, 11th in the Big Ten, uh, with uh, pretty much everyone in the composite numbers is a three-star recruit. So 23-star recruits that are all expected to sign today. Um just what are your impressions of this class? It's certainly been um, maligned. Uh, they've come up in recent weeks thanks to some added commitments and some guys jumping up in the re-ranks, which we will certainly talk about. But what is just your overall uh, feeling on this class? Um, in in a lot of ways, it is similar uh, to a lot of the Antonio classes. Um, it, it is different, though, I guess, in some key ways. Um you know, only three guys from Michigan is kind mm-hmm. of interesting, and um, not many of the the top guys in Michigan. And what was a decent year for the state? Yeah. Um, in terms of producing talent, that was interesting. Uh, and you know, on the on the top end of a typical D'Antonio class, you know, you can still sort of expect a handful of four stars or some very very high threes. Um, you know, and, and it seems like that top level talent isn't in there. Uh, in this class the same way it has been in, in a lot of his classes. Um, and I'm just talking about, you know, maybe your two or three players, like I said, who are who are more in that four-star range. Um, and it seems like when you go to the bottom portion of the class, or guys ranked near the bottom there, and there, there's maybe a few more um, projects or just developmental guys who you know might not hear about for, uh, for a while in the program. You know, mm-hmm. guys that we've seen be su- su- successful in, in East Lansing with these coaches. Um but just guys that uh, they're probably going to take some time or it might be a little bit of gambles even, I guess, in some cases. Yeah. Do you have any insight or just, I guess, what is your feeling about why Michigan, like the state of Michigan recruits in the state of Michigan played out this way? Because Dallas Fincher is the highest ranked um, recruit from Michigan. He's the number 14 player in the state. And I'm just going through the list here. You know, of course, Michigan's going to get some top guys, Ohio State, um, but Kentucky gets the number one player in the state. Um, Penn State, Purdue gets a four-star player. Indiana gets a really high three-star, uh, actually four-star. Uh, N- Northwestern, Maryland are getting really good players. Like you said, a really good Michigan class. Why is Michigan State struggling, or why did they struggle to make inroads with this really good group of like top 10 to 12 guys out of Michigan? Yeah, I think um, a couple of things. Uh, you got to start though with with what's been going on in the field. I mean, uh, these last two seasons have not been inspiring. Uh, the, you know, there's obviously the one ten win year, but since the playoff, really hasn't been inspiring. And that's kind of, uh, you know, that's kind of fading fast in terms of uh, the memories of of sixteen year olds, fifteen year olds, guys like that that you're trying to get into your program. Um, so I, I think on-field uh, results had a lot to do with it. Um, obviously, the whole rumors and speculation and the, the tool that so many can use about D'Antonio's t-shirt um, mm-hmm. has part of it. Um, and, uh, you know, all those programs you named, I mean, Michigan, of course, um, is always going to have a leg up. Penn State, like with Enzo Jennings, always going to have a leg up. But, uh, you know, uh, Indiana, they're they're kind of hot right now. I mean, they have a lot to sell. They have some, they have some juice. Uh, they have some stuff going on offense specifically that's intriguing uh purdue was sort of the same way where they had some momentum coming into the cycle based off uh the 2018 season uh northwestern same thing big 10 west champs uh you know in 2018 a brand new facility 
So those are, all those programs sort of have some juice, and you have Michigan State that's just sort of been selling the same old bread every day, you know, um, mm-hmm. and it's just not as exciting, I think, a little bit. Um, I think that can explain a good amount of it. And plus, you know, they're kind of in the hardest possible position because they're not selling like a rebuild. They're not selling hope. They're selling like they're selling, hey, we've been here forever. We're going to try and get back to, you know, if you've been yeah. there forever like they have, you usually want to have like a, a you know, you want to be winning championships every year. You know, what you want to have Nick Saban's trophy case. Um, otherwise, you kind of want to be that new guy that's selling hope and being part of the turnaround and stuff. They're kind of in the purgatory there. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you think are some guys in this class that, uh, I don't know, you know, maybe there's some instant impact guys, but the guys that we're going to get to know, uh, the quickest out of this group, who are the guys that are going to kind of jump on the scene from this team? Uh, I think Dallas Winter is one you already mentioned. Um, I think he's probably, uh, it's just because of position. I don't know how soon you'll see him, but I think, you know, we'll look back four years from now and he'll say he's one of the best players. Uh, to come out of this thing, maybe like the the highest floor, the safest guy, I guess. You know, I, I definitely think he'll be a multi-year starter. I see that from him for sure, either at guard or center. Um, Darius Snow is interesting because he's coming in at a position of need of safety. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'll enroll early. He's a talented guy. Um, obviously, he has a, a great pedigree and everything. Um, I like the way he moved and covered. Uh, he's a little bit on the bigger side um, for a safety, you know, a bulky physical guy. But uh, I like the way he covered when I saw him at camp. Um, Terry Lockett, the most recent commit, I think will play uh, probably early on. Again, you look at position. Um, he's not a flat guy. I don't know if, if there's really going to be many reps for him behind a, a Naylor and a Jaden Reed, if those guys both end up there, or how mm-hmm. they shake that out. Uh, Angelo Gross, I think we'd see him early on defense. He's the only corner in the class. He's a four-star on 24-7. Um, I like him a lot. I think he could be that next guy coming up at that position. And then uh, Ricky White's another one, too, the receiver out of Georgia. A uh, long guy and really kind of blew up as a senior. A lot of these guys did. A lot of these guys had really good senior years Yeah. Uh, where MSU might not have even been in the, the picture, honestly, if, if they hadn't gotten um, that offer out earlier, you know. All right, we'll be back with more from Stephen Brooks, 247sports.com, here in just a second. All right, let's return to our conversation with Stephen Brooks of 247sports.com. Well, yeah, Angelo Gross is probably the the one you're going to point to the most with that because I remember when he committed, uh, he was a lower three-star, like maybe 1,500, somewhere in there in, in the country. Um, and he won like every award you can win, had a huge senior season, uh, won a state championship, and is now a four-star in 24-7 after the re-rank and the number 10 player in the class of Ohio. And I'll just real quick, I know you probably have a good idea of this, but like the guys that are that highly regarded in the state of Ohio, uh, they generally, Michigan State, it's tough for them to get on uh, on a player like that. Ohio State usually has their pick if they want it, um, but Michigan State got in on him early. Um, is he like, I, I guess, what do you expect from him you said he, he could play a little bit but he like he made such a leap uh his senior year it seems like yeah yeah he did uh it reminded me of uh you've probably heard um you know i forget exactly when it was but urban meyer at one point said uh whenever mark d'antonio offered a db he made sure his staff like went back and doubled over their film and and, <laughs> and uh you know did a little extra digging this kind of reminds me of that uh he was committed to cincinnati at one point 
which is a little ironic because Cincinnati's been another one of those uh, thorns in MSU side this cycle and, and has really stolen a lot of talent from them. Uh, yeah. But he was committed there, and they uh, really put the press on him uh, hard in the summer and everything. And uh, they got him they got him early, and he committed over the summer, and it was kind of quiet from there. And uh, he went out and had a great senior season. He's also a really um, accomplished track athlete. But uh, had a great senior season on both sides of the ball, went to the state finals, and, uh, yeah, just just really, really blew up. Um, he's, he's just uh, not the same type of athlete as Julian Barnett, but he plays on both sides of the ball. Um, that type of explosiveness, I guess, but not build-wise um, mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to say. Really. Yeah, he's smaller. So, yeah, yeah. and uh, But he'll enroll early, and we've seen, uh, just like Josiah Scott, uh, getting enrolled early and gets his shot early. Um, I think you could see something like that too, especially with uh, with what they're with Josh Butler going out and uh, like I said, him coming in early. Mm-hmm. Um, another intriguing guy is Justin Stevens, an offensive tackle out of Canada, uh, number one player in Ontario, number three player in Canada, and the number one tackle in Canada, but is listed as a three star recruit. Um, and it's finally, I think he just got his three stars and rivals re-rank, like with all the re-ranks things, you know, are shifting right now. Um, yeah. what, that's just a really intriguing situation to me because he is from Canada and we just don't know much and he hasn't played the competition levels as other classmates, but what have you seen from him? What do you know about Justin Stevens? Yeah. So he is a really interesting story. Um, I got a chance to talk with him, uh, first way over early in the summer and then um but anyway yeah he's really he he wants like he really wants this like i know he's let's see he's the second lowest yeah second lowest ranked guy in their class only mm-hmm. above the kicker yeah Coulson. so i mean i get that people aren't going to be that hype about uh his nli coming in but uh he really wants this so i think it's some it's gonna be a guy with watching he moved uh from a northern part of canada kind of i forget exactly where but it was kind of this remote area uh, where a lot of hockey players and a lot of hockey talent actually comes from. Um, you yeah. know, I recognize it if I remember. Uh, and so he he had his like family pack up and move, basically, and he really wanted to pursue football. He was playing defensive end, and that really wasn't going anywhere. And he approaches his coaches and says, hey, I want to play offensive tackle, which how many kids actually go and ask to play offensive line? Not many. Yeah. Um, and so then he uh, puts together some film and ends up getting offered over a camp, actually, um, before he even played a game at Tackle, uh, got his first D1 offer, and then it kind of just sort of slowly built up from there. And MSU was in on him fairly early, committed to Eastern Michigan at one point, and then uh, MSU and some other Power Fives started coming after him. And, uh, and I think MSU's uh, sort of early relationship paid off there again. So he's a real big uh, project developmental guy, like I said, one year of experience, but um He's got the athleticism. He's he's really nimble on his feet. He's got the frame. So I think he's a good pickup strictly in the sense that he's got that tackle body and that, that tackle yeah. physical profile that you want. Yeah, absolutely. 6'6", 285. So if they can figure it out and, and get him playing at a, a good level, that could be a, a really nice uh, find for them. Last thing here, and then we'll get you out of here. 20 guys in the class right now. I know Michigan State is kind of in on some guys waiting to hear on some things. Uh, can we expect anything to happen either today, tomorrow, uh, in this early signing period uh, in terms of additions? At this point, my gut is no. I think the 20 is going to be what it is. Uh, Jordan Jordan Simmons is not um, signing, he told me. He's signing in February. He's going to get up here for a visit uh, as the plan in the meantime. 
Um, but everybody else, I would expect the 19. Uh, you know, last year they really pulled a rabbit out with uh, Maverick Hansen. He was kind of way off the radar until the morning. So I guess that's something like that is possible. I would I would imagine a tight end uh, type, I guess, or another offensive lineman if that were the case. But mm-hmm. I get the sense they're I get the sense they're going to settle with what they got here, uh, take a step back, reevaluate things, and and maybe pursue another one, two, three guys possibly. Um, before uh you know in the next period mm-hmm. which is uh what like beginning of february right yeah first wednesday yeah all right well we will definitely look out for that any surprises uh sometimes weird things happen um they're it's it's tough to you got to remind yourself they're teenagers making big choices sometimes kids change their minds sometimes surprise decisions we'll see but uh, hopefully a drama-free signing period for michigan state um and any drama that is brought in is is positive drama for Michigan State. Stephen Brooks, 247sports.com. Thanks for uh, making some time for us on what is the busy time of the year for someone like you who's uh, really deep into recruiting. So I really appreciate it, man. Sure, absolutely, man. I always got time for you guys. Take care. You too. All right, thanks so much to Stephen for making some time for us in a, a very, very busy Time for him, a couple of days when you cover the recruiting beat uh, like he does, along with like the general day-to-day stuff. Uh, these these days are really packed with things to do for him, pieces to write, radio hits, etc., etc. So thanks a ton to Steven, as always, for making time for the show. Thanks to you for listening to the show. Got a special surprise for you tomorrow. Matt and I will be joined by a mystery guest, and we will be going through the entire college football bowl season and breaking down all the games we're looking forward to seeing, the games maybe we're not looking forward to seeing. So we'll step away, be a little bit Michigan State adjacent tomorrow, but it's going to be a really fun episode. And then we will absolutely get back on Friday and talk about the the basketball game against Northwestern and everything that happened there and if there's any sort of good news or information. And, And if really, honestly, if it's pressing, if it ends up working out that way, we'll do the MSU stuff. Uh, tomorrow and save the bowl thing since it's a little timeless for Friday but the plan is now to air the bowl show tomorrow and then get back to Michigan State stuff for the end of the week so that's the plan we hope you tune in thanks so much for making time for the show as always reminder to rate review and subscribe to the podcast you can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get podcasts we'll be back tomorrow and we'll talk to you then